I'm secretly super sexual. <laughs> This is Felix Dragsdale through the Marvel Universe, where Felix That's me. drags me through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today we are talking about Captain Marvel, a movie where an elite fighter goes to a primitive, foreign planet, regains her memories, discovers that this was her home and these were her friends, and immediately leaves for a good 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> was that not the plot? <laughs> Captain Marvel originally came out in March of 2019, just a few weeks before we were recording this podcast. Uh, it's the ninth of ten films of Phase 3 of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, to that, I have to say yay. Why? Because we're almost done with Phase 3, and that's all I promised. True. You want to know something funny that I realized? What? So they released the, like, however many, like, 40 posters or whatever for uh, the characters in Endgame, like, who's Wait. alive and who's dead right now. I have not seen these posters. I've just heard about them. Oh. They're individual posters rather than yeah. like a poster with like a four by four grid of people. <laughs> with their faces X'd off? No, oh. they're they're individual. And like so the people who are alive are in color and the people who are dead are like gray. Oh, that is so many posters and yeah. such a waste. Mm-hmm. They should have done a four by four grid and then been like here and then people would like come up to it and be like let me see rather than being like oh so and so is dead let's move on i don't know what this trend of like posters is right now either because like game of thrones also did that and they released 20 posters of like like top 20 alive characters right now would you just buy your favorite character because you certainly can't buy all 20 where would you hang it yeah (laughs) like your whole house yeah (laughs) and Um, what is this it's my game of thrones room (laughs) It's the biggest room in my whole house, so it's like the living room, dining room, kitchen complex. Uh, We put my least favorite character in the kitchen where it's going to get spaghetti sauce on it while I'm cooking. But what I thought was interesting about the Marvel ones is that, like, I'd say 90% of the characters in the dead posters we already know aren't going to be dead because they have movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, do we know that they're not flashback movies? Because, like, I was thinking about it, and Black Widow would be an excellent ca- She's candidate alive, to be. She is alive. Yeah. But, like, that would be an excellent flashback movie because, like, it probably will be. her background is being a, like, a super awesome kick ass spy who hangs people and, like, fights people <laughs> with chairs. Um, but, like, her role in the Avengers is, like, play with guns, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. No, yeah. So but it like, like a good flashback movie. All the dead people are like Guardians of the Galaxy characters, which like I suppose definitely not Drax because there's that whole drama. Like we like because of all the behind the scenes stuff, like Guardians Three we already know is happening and we know that all of them are gonna be in it. And then Spider Man we already have previews for. Uh-huh. And um Black Panther definitely is getting a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like everyone that's dead we already know is coming back. Yeah. Okay. So we saw this together opening night in the theater. Captain Marvel, yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm switching back to the the movie that this podcast is actually about. <laughs> I mean, the whole podcast is really about Endgame. Like, that's the point of oh it, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. It's really about Endgame because then I don't have to do anything more because it's the end. Um, 
but we saw this opening night in theater and then I saw it again in order to take more detailed notes because I was like, I am not going to remember anything that happened. Mm -hmm. And like all these characters, especially these scrolls, don't have like names. Names? Yeah. It was really hard to like keep them straight, especially because they're constantly like changing form. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, Did the Wikipedia have like names for them? Yeah, and then I was like, "This isn't like helpful," <laughs> so I just put two, down two names because they were the the most important. And mm. then I was like, "Whatever." I guess that's a good lead into who's in this movie. <laughs> you must be the famous Pepper Potts. I am Loki. I am Groot. I am Iron Man. Agent Coulson. <gasps> I split this up by. Um, I'm gonna go with. Alien species. species? Yeah. <laughs> so in the human category, there is Captain Marvel, who is also known as Bear <laughs> Bears, who is also Carol Avenger Danvers. Mm-hmm. Played, played by, by Freeler. Yes. Um, we also have Nick Fury. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who I learned, uh, is I assumed he was like the, the thread that's in the most of these movies. Turns out. Your least favorite character, Iron Man, Tony Stark. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't show up in like Spider Man or anything. Yeah, yeah, because he's in nine and and Furry's in eight. Uh, yeah. Also, uh oh, <laughs> I don't think he'll be in anymore. Probably because like that's been the whole thing is Robert Downey Jr. leaving. But um, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. He's been like one of the big characters that everyone's like he's probably in. Like, okay. That's excellent. Feels very excited. I I am. But here's the deal, though. I hope he does more Sherlock Holmes movies. Those aren't good. I like those. I'm bad. I prefer the Doctor Strange Sherlock Holmes. <gasps> oh my god, they should totally do like a a little like a skit together where they're like both like they're Marvel characters who are both basically the same person because they're like billionaire assholes, and then also they're both Sherlock Holmes. I just realized that. Okay. Anyway, um, but here's the deal. I watched a breakdown of um, like what the movies make because I love that stuff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and uh, the movies with Tony Stark in them make an average of $400 million more than the movies without him in it. And even when you like remove the Avengers like main titles from them, because those obviously always make the most, it still makes $70 million more on average. Yeah, that's what being a movie star is. People like him. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. I mean, obviously, I like him being Sherlock Holmes, but I don't know why they like him being Tony Stark. Wait, so do you like Robert Downey Jr. or Benedict Cumberbatch better than Sherlock Holmes? Robert Downey Jr. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh huh. I see. I can't stand. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? This movie. My husband Jude Law. I know. It's Watson. I know. Oh my god! I just realized that is Martin Freeman in any? He is. Oh my god! <laughs> That's so weird. Have we seen him in a while? When was his last movie? Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. Okay. Okay. Anyways, I'm very excited about <laughs> okay. this Marvel Sherlock crossover now. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, are we ready? Like, <laughs> we've gotten through two people in this movie. I can, I can see what kind of podcast this one's going to be. Okay. So, 
Nick Fury, mm-hmm. Cutie Face Coulson is back. Mm-hmm. Then there's a guy named Agent Keller, who is Nick Fury's boss, mm-hmm. played by Ben Mendelsohn, who also plays Talos, who is one of the scrolls. He's a bad guy in everything. There's a night shift security guard. Okay. <laughs> Maria Rambo, mm-hmm. her daughter Monica Rambo, and the obnoxious neighbor Tom. Okay. The Cree. Oh, let's go first with your husband. Jude Law plays a guy named Jan Rog. That was his name? Yeah, I'm just going to call him Jude Law. He's just Jude Law. He's also Dumbledore. I'm just going to call him Jude Law. Um, The young Pappy Easter. I'm recording. a black-haired lady called Minerva, mm-hmm. but it's like two words, like Min and Irva. This is like oh, a theme in their things. Atlas, but it's at-lass. Solar, Sol-lar, who is a <laughs> who is the person they're going to go rescue. Bronchar and Korath. Um, also, Ronan the Accuser is in there. He's like the guy they call up who's like the boss of boss. He doesn't have the black stuff on his face. Um, I don't remember that because it's just like the holography thing. Like when you, know, you call see the... him for like a Do brief we? moment. Yeah. Does he have a shirt on? I think so. Okay, that's what I thought because I didn't put him in the shirt part. <laughs> um, and there's some more accusers, and then I also put in here supreme intelligence as AI appears to everybody somebody different, and then also here I am going to just call her Annette Benning. Mm-hmm. Because she plays, like, three different characters as the same character, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is the Supreme Intelligence, mm-hmm. um, as seen through Carol Rose's eyes, and then um, Dr. Wendy, Wendy Lawson, mm-hmm. and um, then her real name is Mar Vell. Mm-hmm. Two words. Which is where the the name Captain Marvel comes through from, which is not like mentioned anywhere in this movie, is it? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then scrolls. There is Talos, who is the main scroll guy, and then the scientist guy is named Norex, and then some more that don't have names, <laughs> including a child. <laughs> and um, then Dale's favorite character. Yeah, Goose <laughs> the cat slash Flurkin. <laughs> Who is played by four different cats. Really? Yeah. Huh. Usually they have multiple cats because cat, well, cats are fickle. Mm-hmm. And they look like each other. Interesting. That's what they did with Mary-Kate and Ashley. Yeah. Twins look like each other. Mm-hmm. They just swap them out. They swap them out. <laughs> and, and with that, there were child labor laws. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So they are then they get cat twi- labor laws. Um. No, but there is a little stamp that at the end that that says like no animals were hurt during the filming of this movie, so that's really what they want. Is so of these people, like almost nobody was shirtless. All we have is the dead scroll being autopsied. Yeah, and he really didn't take off his shirt. He just had his shirt off. Yeah. Well, we didn't have. Full shirtlessness, but there was this scene at the beach where people were in like bikinis and junk. Oh yeah, but they were like named characters. Their background. 
I don't want to mention during this autopsy scene, they definitely like look under the sheet. And yeah. Genital area. So he wasn't even just shirtless. He was bleeding. Well, he had the sheet, so we didn't get to see <laughs> stuff, but but they were curious. True. Which Mark did not like that joke, but I thought it was funny because, like, <laughs> you you know, if you had an alien, you would be like, oh, yeah. what's going on? I mean, that would be, like, a major part of the autopsy is, like, figuring out the differences in physiology between the mm-hmm. and, or the oh, alien yeah. and humans. Yeah, I had such problems with this autopsy scene. We'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> Shall we um, start with the plot? Mm-hmm. Okay, the not plot starts with a le- nice little Marvel honor to Stanley. Yeah, it's really cute. They changed like the intro from like the all the superheroes. That's entirely too long. Let's be honest. Um, and it's just Stanley, which is cute. Uh-huh. Then we're just gonna start with birds having a bad dream. Mm. Bears. I can't pronounce her name. She's having a Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's fire and stuff. Some lady getting murdered with weird blood. She wakes up and she's on the Cree planet of Hala, mm-hmm. where she goes to a window and there's like it's sunny out, and there's lots of like futuristic stuff. And then she goes and knocks on Jude Law's door, and is like, and he's like, can't sleep. And she's like, you want to fight? So they go and spar, mm-hmm. which like seems sexual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out that he's totally your boss. Yeah, it, there was so much sexual tension there. I thought they were, like, dating. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And there's a whole thing where, like, he can beat her, but, like, she also has these, like, glowing... Oh, and he's, like, control your emotions. Mm-hmm. This whole control your emotions thing. and Don't let your emotions get the better of you, and when you can control your emotions, then you'll be a better person and a better fighter and whatever. But she also has these like glowing arm things, which like totally <laughs> seem normal in this world. Yeah, where she can just like blast him across the room. Mm-hmm. So they don't like talk about it or think anything's weird about it. And like, I don't really have a point here. <laughs> Go, Felix. Yeah, I just assume that like everybody they had all those. had superpowers. But also like, so there's like a lot of weird crossover in this movie with Guardians of the Galaxy. Because mm-hmm. they're Cree, and like that's what the yeah. people were from Guardians, the first movie. Yeah, well, and they didn't have superpowers, but I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, well, she's supposed to be part of the like the elite fighting force. True, fighting heroes. Um, and also, like, I, I just so... statistically speaking, I was thinking about this when I was watching the Green Lantern movie the other day, the animated one, not the terrible Ryan Reynolds one. Okay, you haven't seen that, have you? No, I haven't seen either of them. Oh well, that's not part of the DCEU, but. I'm going to make you watch it anyway, because I was thinking, like, statistically, if Earth has, like, so many superheroes, then, like, shouldn't other planets also have superheroes? Um, Especially when half of our superheroes are aliens from other planets. <laughs> I do not know how to answer this theoretical question. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, my point is that I just assumed that it was normal that she had these powers. I also assumed that because, like, nobody made a big deal out of it. Yeah. But I do want to take a moment to talk about the Kree mm-hmm. because, like, they're on this Kree planet and presumably they're Kree and, because later she says, like, we're Kree and all these people are white. Because, like, I remember on the, like, they oh. they go to the sparring gym, I guess, on the train and I remember there being a bunch of white people. Yeah, a lot. 
Uh-huh. But not like any blue people. But I don't remember that well. But Ronan is definitely a blue person. But Weird. you don't get to see him in color in this movie. So I don't know if they're just like swooping past that in order to not address the fact that like there's well, two no, because like even some of the people in like their like elite force were like oh yeah different were. colors yeah yeah so is Cree like a like nationality then i don't know or is it just like yeah i don't know because maybe but they're like, just like aliens from other places but they, they all live in like Cree, like if you live in America, you're an American, yeah. even though you could be from anywhere. Uh-huh. But what I had a problem with is like you're supposed to assume that like the Cree are the good guy because like uh your husband, Jude Law, mm-hmm. is there and he's being real nice to Bree and there's some sexual tension, like whatever, and like there's like these evil scrawls who are like, I don't know, terrorists or whatever. <laughs> And who can, like, turn into anybody. So, like, that's scary. But, like, we know that the Kree aren't, like, super great. Because what's-his-face? Crystal Mohawk guy. Help me here. From Guardians. Yandu? Yes, Yandu. Is Yandu Kree? Um, I don't know. But he was definitely sold to the Kree as a child to be a, like, battle slave. He was? Yes. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So if like if the Kree are buying battle slaves, mm-hmm. they're probably not so great. Also, they have Ronan the accuser who is like, I don't know, doing weird rituals and like trying well, to wipe out the pink people and the Ronan, white people on Xandar. Ronan was like a bad guy, but like he was like trying to get revenge for genocide. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's kind of a bad guy. Wait. How come I know all this now? I don't like that I know this crap. So is that at all related to this movie? What? Like Ronan's whole like genocide quest? Because like he, like he wanted to blow up Xandar, right? Yep. Is Xandar in this movie at all? No. Okay. That's just like an unrelated thing. Yes. Because I feel like that would make sense if like. Spoiler alert, the Kree in this movie end up actually being the bad guys. Um, but not necessarily all of them, right? Just like the Jude Law and like Supreme Intelligence ones. Yeah. But no, kind of all of them because they like genocided the Skrulls. Well, okay. I'm just interested in the political history of these made up <laughs> alien species. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know what to say here. <laughs> well, anyway. The anyway, point is, I was not entirely surprised by like that turnaround, just because knowing like the history of the Cree with Yandu and having him be a child battle slave or mm-hmm. whatever was not such a great thing. Yeah. And also knowing that Ronan the Accuser was like Cree and kind of crazy, although there's crazy people everywhere who want to like kill, kill everyone. Yeah. Where were we? So after they're done sparring. Carol has to go see the Supreme Intelligence. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Because she can't control her emotions, and Jula, her boss, wants her to be on the Star Force and run this right. mission, but the Supreme Intelligence doesn't know that she's ready. So she has to go see her in order to like like get evaluated 
and like get advice from the supreme intelligence mm-hmm. supreme intelligence appears to everyone differently it's supposed to be whoever it is that you most admire but you don't share that with anybody so mm-hmm. on the train that's not full of blue people carol is uh poking fun at jude law and saying who does it appear to you as is it your father is it you because when it appears to her it appears to her as some lady named Annette benning who she's never like <laughs> met before well <laughs> and that's what was weird too because like that scene on the train when she was like teasing him about it also so much sexual tension mm-hmm. so anyway so she gets approved to go on this mission mm-hmm. which is to rescue solar two words their spy from Torfa, a border planet, which um, has apparently been a spot where border skirmishes with the scroll. Mm-hmm. They go through something where they say, like, the accusers are going to bomb a stronghold on some other side of the planet, and they are not to interact with the local populace. Um, they fly down with some awesome headgear suits that let them breathe and fly, but also makes them look like they have Mohawks. <laughs> yep. Pretty much, but that's the introduction to the fact that like they're like spacesuit things that have a that are green and black and have a silver stripe and a silver star on them. Mm-hmm. Also have this automatic helmet thing that like comes up when they need air and has a mohawk and also that like it's like it's just a personal jet essentially. Yeah. So it's like the most awesome suit in the world. <laughs> I guess that's why they call it Star Force and have that star on their chest. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why it's confusing them with the uh, Zandarians because, like, their ships kind of look like that symbol. Okay. So then they're, like, down on this little planet, and it's, like, very rocky and giving me, like, early Star Trek vibes. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, um, one of the team members whose name I don't remember is, like, the scout and she's got like a sniper rifle and she's watching them from a ridge and then they're all like trying to sneak down yeah it's like it's across a bridge and into like a cave thing mm-hmm. and so she's watching them and like there's local populace and they're like oh one of the team comes up behind her is like they're they're just the local population they're they're starving mm-hmm. i found two of them dead without without graves and then she's looking through her sniper rifle and sees the same guy, so she knows that one of them is a, a sim of a scroll oh. or a salt scroll sim. And so then she beats up the guy who's next to her. And it turns out that it is entirely a ambush. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> and an ambush where uh, Brie Larson goes into the cave and then meets the person guy person they're supposed to rescue solar and she gives him her codes and he gives her his codes but it turns out that he's a scroll skin and they just capture her and then bring her to their spaceship Mm -hmm. so then they're like trying to steal her memories with this machine yeah which reminded me of um (laughs) i'm interested in what it reminded you of that that show farscape Okay. <laughs> um, this one, this one seemed like it hurt less, but they're like essentially winding forward and winding back through her memories, mm-hmm. trying to find whatever they're looking for. And so it's her memories from being on Earth. So there's memories yeah. of like her at the at the Air Force. There's memories of her 
What are those little cars? Go-kart. Go-karts, yeah. It's like a clip show showing that like she's a tomboy and she's tough and like sexism exists, basically. <laughs> it is. They're looking for a memory of this Dr. Wendy Lawson, mm-hmm. who they don't know who what her name is, but they know what she looks like, so they find it, and then they read her lapel tag. Right? What do you call it? Her name tag. Like, the ones that are sewn onto your jacket. That kind of tag. Yeah, I don't know. So then she's like, back cut to like the real life, not memories. And she's like hanging upside down with her hands like in these giant hand cage thingies. (laughs) (laughs) What do they remind you of? I don't know. Oh, you know what they remind me of? Um, uh, They remind me of a certain giant... A uh, dwarf guy who <laughs> who had his arms stuck in some wax, some metal wax hand things. Mm-hmm. But so, did they know that she had those superpowers? Um, they must have. I mean, I don't we know see, why they would put her in those. Yeah, because when we when we're down on the planet, we see the other people using other types of weapons. We see the sniper. We see the other people using very similar things to like her arm things, which is kind of what I assumed. Everybody had that because um, Jude Law's using using like arm blasters like that, but they're oh, yeah. actually like attached to his arms. Mm-hmm. You just don't realize it at the time, and she just has it. Yeah, that's what makes her special. You know what it does remind me of? What? The Incredibles. Explain. In the first Incredibles movie, the bad guy whose name I don't remember right now, when he locks up the family, he puts them, like, hangs them upside down. Well, not, I think they're right set up at one point, but they're in little arm cages. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> she's upside down, and, like, she's trying to escape, and so they get the information they want, and a couple of them, like, leave the room, and she, like, blows the thing up that's holding her hand so she can escape. And blast some of the scroll dudes, and like there's a big like running out of spaceship fight scene thing. Yeah, uh, she blasts them off her hands, and then she ends up like, or something ends up blasting a hole in the side of the spaceship, and mm-hmm. a bunch of them end up um, flying out of the spaceship. But remember, she has her spacesuit suit with the automatic helmet thing. Yeah, so she's fine and climbs back in, and then the spaceship like kind of repairs itself, mm-hmm. and then she climbs into a pod like an escape pod, and it escapes to the nearest planet, which happens to be the one that she has memories of, which is planet C-53, which I would love to play the thing for geography, so I will. (laughs) (laughs) Because she really crash lands there in Los Angeles in a blockbuster. Geography. For Los Angeles, not for the blockbuster, or planet C-53. And the blockbuster is like a a little nod to the fact that this movie takes place in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in 1995, to be exact. Blockbuster video. I, I went there in 1995. I didn't. Why not, Felix? Because I was two years old. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we generally went to Hollywood video. Yeah. Anyway. So she lands in Blockbuster video. Like, through the roof. Through the roof. And there's, like, a strip mall security guard sitting out in his car, just like, watching this happen. And, uh, and she knocks on his window. Um And... She like asks him for like a communicator or something outer spacey, and it's like talking to him all crazy about you know whatever. He's like, he's like, is this planet C fifty three? And is my universal translator working? 
And I, are you in charge of security for this area? And he's like, yeah, but the movie theater has its own guy. Oh, where's, so a, where's the communicator? And he points to a, to a payphone. Because it's the 90s. Which brings me to, I want to be like, the first thing I have a problem with, one of the things I have a problem with in this movie, because she uses the payphone mm-hmm. to call up Jude Law. Why does she need that? You mean? Does she not have any communication device in our, like, special... It wasn't working, remember? No. Right? And then how... They definitely have, like, ear communicators. Yeah. And then how does a payphone... Call out her space? Yeah. Doesn't she hook it up? Yeah, she, like, she like hotwires it with some... Okay. Alien junk, I think. Okay, and that works. Or a little pager or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she's just missing the little part that, like, translates her voice into... (laughs) Electric waves. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go with that. <laughs> All right. Good explanation. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> she tells him what's going on and he's like, don't do anything. Like, we're going to send like a rescue team. It will be there in about 22 hours, the closest jump point. And she was like, I'm going to do stuff anyway. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can't sit tight. Um, in the meantime, the security guard is like, there's a weird, crazy lady here. So uh-huh. he calls somebody. And that person who ends up getting called to it is none other than... Nick Fur. Yeah. Who's his partner at this time? Q-Face Colson. Yeah. Both very digitally de-aged. Yeah. Do you have comments about this? Maybe this is why Disney was working on it so much. They were like, in 10 years, we're going to have to make a, a movie where we digitally did de-age. I don't trust it. Okay. Soon they're going to be making movies with you. They're going to be putting them on the internet and making you do all sorts of like <laughs> bad stuff. So they're like, oh, we we have video of Felix Foster. Here he is outside of Blockbuster Video well, at the age of two. I'm going to tell them that I saw Captain America Winter Soldier and that it wasn't actually me. It was some guy in a mask that yeah. made it look like exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've just been minding my own business in Munich. And then they're going to ask you where Munich is, and you're not going to know. It's in Germany. Anyway, Fur and Coulson show up, and they ask her questions. Um, like, if they seen a lady who dropped into the roof of the blockbuster who was dressed for laser tag, she's like, <laughs> yeah, I think she went that way. Um, he gives her, her his identification on his little, um, his little wallet card, and she says that she is... Bears a star for us, and she does not carry her identification on little cards. Informs them that she will be out of their hair as soon as she cle- clears out the scrolls, who are dudes who cannot replicate any anyone down to their DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, Furry says she's under arrest, and then a surfer shoots a laser at them, and Verz pushes them out of the way. Then they go on a huge chase. Yeah, we're we're. Vers is chasing the the laser scroll. Mm-hmm. Surfer scroll. Yes. <laughs> and Furry is chasing Vers. Mm-hmm. And she punches an old lady. In the face. Yeah. Which was the best scene in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and she knows that it's the old lady because she she passes that same old lady as she's getting onto the subway car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the old lady turns into to some dude and then, like, runs away. 
and then like furry's like chasing the the su- above ground subway car in his car with colson in it and then he gets this radio call of from uh, colson who's left alone in a ball- blockbuster video parking lot all by himself and then he's like <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> i'm sitting with colson and then he gets in a fist fight in a car with scroll colson mm-hmm. And then they get in a car accident because that's what Nick Furry's always oh, doing. Oh, get in a car accident. Yeah. But he didn't have his lightsaber. So. He gets punched in the face by the the scroll and he hurts his eye. Mm-hmm. And but the car accident ends up killing the the scroll Coulson, and then it turns into just scroll. Mm-hmm. And that's who they do that alien autopsy on. And then he like freaks out. Oh yeah, he totally freaks out. Um, also, Stan Lee came out. Yep. <laughs> what was Stan Lee doing? While Varys was walking around the train looking for somebody, she pulls down his mall rat script and looks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's not a scroll. He's Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oops. And during this whole thing, uh, the... The scroll drops a crystal, mm. which is a memory crystal, which she puts in her wristmobopulator <laughs> and um, and sees something about ponchos. And so she looks it up in an internet cafe and finds out it's in Nevada mm-hmm. and tries to go there. So um, she steals a motorcycle and a motorcycle jacket. Yeah. And an outfit, a grunge outfit with a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt <laughs> of a mannequin in a strip mall. Um off a jerk mm-hmm. like she's like outside looking at a map and like there's this guy who's like hey give me a smile and she she gives him a stare yeah <laughs> meanwhile the scrawl is getting dissected um uh and the naked guy, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's doing the dissecting is saying that he's not carbon based and this is where i have another problem because that doesn't like like not carbon based is possible mm-hmm. i guess but not probable. But then he says that he's based on something that's not on the periodic table, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Why is that? Because it has to be based on something that's an element. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the only elements that aren't on the periodic table are stuff that we haven't discovered yet because they're so heavy and so unstable that they exist for very, very small fractions of a second. Mm-hmm. So... It would be impossible to base any form of life on that. Well, if he's from another sector of the universe, maybe there's some other elements that we haven't discovered, like vibranium. Oh, yeah. I forgot we're in the universe with vibranium, <laughs> where, where Iron Man can just like invent one in his, in his base. Oh, that's right. So did, did they add that to the periodic table, do you think? Yeah, because, like, you can't, like, they're all, like, it's based on the, it's based on the number of protons in your, in your nucleus of your atom. You can't have a fraction of a proton. Mm-hmm. So they're just whole numbers. Once you get up high enough, it becomes unstable. Like, there there's just no room for more. Mm-hmm. So, uh. You're terrible at science, Marvel. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. Uh, but I guess that wouldn't make for good superheroes. Cause... But this is a great time to take a break and talk about money for this movie that isn't out of theaters yet. 
So, Dale. Yes, Felix? I was going to ask, how much do you think this movie made it cost? But my box office mojo is not telling me, so I have it to Google it. You, it doesn't tell <laughs> you how much it costs? Well, like the, the numbers aren't released yet, officially. But or I, how much it costs? Not even how much it made? How much it made? It. How much do you think it cost? Rough estimate. Um... Uh, well, okay, there's lots of makeup. It mm-hmm. feels like actual makeup. What? Oh, like the scrolls and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like cosmetics. <laughs> like you're thinking like Brie Larson really has some acne <laughs> like problems. What? No, no. Brie Larson's face is beautiful. Um, it's Ben Mendelssohn's face that needs to be made green and mm. then like into... Agent Keller. So that seems like it takes a long time, but those people are cheap because they're not movie stars. But I feel like that should be like a little bit of an expense, but not expense like fireworks. I'm going to go with $200 million. Close. Yeah? Less. $185 million. Still less. $175 million. That's like the top of the estimate. I have between 152 and 175. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not terribly expensive for one of oh. these movies. More than Ant Man, but less than mm-hmm. Avengers, certainly. Yeah, definitely less than Avengers. It doesn't have good old Tony Stark in there. <laughs> Ten million. Must be nice. Modest budget. Uh huh. Relatively. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much do you think it made? Um. I want to say not that much because this was a movie uh, that was about a woman mm-hmm. and it was not highly anticipated and that's all I got to say. And it didn't have a bunch of known characters in it and it had a bunch of people who were a little creepy because they had been de-aged. Mm. I'm going to go with $600 million. More. All right, $800 million. Already? More. Uh, $900 million. More. $1 billion? Yep. Really? Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of drama that Dale doesn't pay attention to because she doesn't care about Marvel. That's so true. <laughs> but basically, um, everyone kind of attributes it to like the like, gross, like sexist fanboys, which like it honestly probably was. On the internet, like trying to convince everyone that this is like a bad movie because it's all about feminism and blah blah. Uh-huh. Um, so like everyone was like spreading these like rumors that like it wasn't making a lot of money, and Disney was like buying out whole theaters to like artificially inflate the box office, but clearly not true because it made a billion dollars. <laughs> wow. And it's currently up until next week at least, the highest. Uh, earning movie of 2019. More than Shazam, huh? Mm-hmm. That's good. But Shazam's only been out for two weeks. Ugh, I don't think Shazam's a... going to make more money than this. But... No. But Endgame definitely is. <laughs> yeah, Endgame. But we know she's in it. Yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Money, money, money. Must be funny. In the rich man's world. So, we're going to Nevada. Oh, wait. 
geography. <laughs> Via motorcycle. Room. Mm-hmm. Nick Fury is there. At Pancho's, the bar, mm-hmm. where she has memories about seeing karaoke. With some girl and drinking a lot. Oh, is this where she also has the memories of that guy who's like, it's called a cockpit for a reason? Oh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um. What's the best retort for that? Kicking him in the balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always like, there's a lot of scenes. I guess I'm just like such a drama-free person. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like. It's whenever there's like a bar scene in a movie, there's always an altercation. Oh, you, you don't know? go to bars and get in fist fights? No, but it's like, I always think of um the first X-Men movie. Did you see that? Um, Yes. And like, they're in the bar. Okay. The guy comes up to Wolverine and he's like, like realizes he's a mutant. He's like, we don't like your kind around here. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, like, they do, like, a playoff of that in Aquaman, where they're, like, sitting in a bar, and these, like, guys come up behind them, and they look like they're going to start all this drama, and they're like, you're that fish boy, aren't you? And he, like, stands up to fight them, and then, but they end up just being like, can we get your autograph? <laughs> okay. Uh, there's just a lot of, like, bar fight scenes. Iron Man 3. What happens in Iron Man 3? Oh. He goes to that bar to get, like, the um information about the army guy who exploded hot lady oh. shows up <laughs> oh that <laughs> that's a different thing what do you mean <laughs> she's a spy that's true i thought you were gonna talk about the time that like he gets a fight with uh general ross and then that he buys out the bar because he's so pissed oh that's true they don't show that though no they don't show that um <laughs> But I do hear a lot about drama at bars from you. They just don't involve fist, fist fights. Yeah, I wish. You wish they would. No, you don't. I don't. Also, that didn't involve a fish fight. A fish fight. A fish a fist, fight. A fist fight. Unless, unless they did that thing with a, which was kicking him in balls. I was gonna say like something like yeah, because it smells like cock after it's been in it, <laughs> or something would be a good retort to it. Yeah, no, he was gross. Yeah. Anyway. Also, they never like touch on it, but like Brie Larson was giving me heavy lesbian vibes in this movie. Why? I don't know. How could she give you like heavy, I'm sleeping with Jude Law vibes and heavy lesbian vibes in the same movie? I mean, Jude Law is very pretty. <laughs> okay, so Jude Law is giving you feminine vibes now. <laughs> I'm very confused by this. There's just a lot of vibes going around here. Okay. So, not between, like, her and her best friend, but just, like, as a person. Okay. But I guess there's, like, a thing on the internet where um, people are obsessed with the idea of Carol Danvers and Valkyrie being lesbian. And, like, there's a lot of fan art of them. Is it because she's a tomboy? I don't know. I guess. We also want Valkyrie to be a lesbian just because we don't want to have another love interest with Thor because that's too many. How many have there been? Well, there's... Jane Foster, and yeah. then like every other woman he meets that falls in love with him. <laughs> Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Because <laughs> he doesn't seem to be interested in any of them. Well, he doesn't seem to be interested in Jane Foster anymore either. <laughs> no, there's like no love interests with him. Well, I like Valkyrie being grumpy, not romantic. 
Okay. Where were we? Um, they're talking. She's talking to Nick Fury in the bar. Oh, they talk to prove that they're not scrolls. And then what? What interesting fact do we learn about Nick Fury? I don't remember. He can't eat toast if it's cut diagonally. Can you? Yeah. Give me that toast. I like toast. And we learned some things about his background and like being a spy and whatever and working for S.H.I.E.L.D. And then she's like, the military right out of school and you rose up the rank and now you work for S.H.I.E.L.D. You must have a pretty high security clearance. So Mm -hmm. let's go to this Project Pegasus place that must be nearby. And they do. Because Nevada. (laughs) And using the furry's clearance, they get in and it is a tunnel into a mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they dress up furs in a shield hat and they make her take off her flannel. Mm-hmm. Say that they're looking for Lawson and they're made wait in a little room and they sneak through the fingerprint scanner thing to the rest of the building using the old scotch tape fingerprint trick. Which I feel like would not work. I also feel like it would not work. Mark pointed out when we were rewatching this that... Um, when they put their fingers on it, it turns red right away. But when they put the scotch tape on it, it like slowly scans the scotch tape <laughs> and it's blue and then, and then lets them in. Mm, lazy continuity. And they go down to the records room where they meet none other than Goose the Cat, mm-hmm. who is super cute. They look up Lawson. They find her files. She was working on a light speed project that was terminated. Mm-hmm. McFurry says, yeah, no wonder this was terminated. Lawson is cuckoo and shows her her notebooks, which are like all gibberish. Mm-hmm. But not actually says, gibberish. Justin Cree um, says, no wonder he was, you know, icy to us. Uh, this was a billion dollar project that like ended up with a, a crash and, you know, was a mistake. Mm-hmm. This happened in 1989, six years ago. She calls Jude Law. She like tells him about what she's learning, and he's like, "Well, actually, Lawson was a Cree, which obviously, um, and says that she's working on an energy project on planet C53. She doesn't think that that makes sense. Nick uh, pages in some backup from Shield, and. Um, they show up. Oh, when Furry and uh, his boss Keller are in the elevator, Furry figures out that Keller is a Cree because he calls him Nicholas. And nobody calls him Nicholas because they just had a conversation about how everybody calls him Furry. No, Fury. (laughs) Nobody calls him Furry. I call him Furry. Um, and that he just said, good job, Nicholas. And he's like, ah. And then then he gives him this like, this um misdirect which is like she's on level six i'm gonna get off on level five which which is where she actually is mm-hmm. and then i'll i'll come down and we'll we'll trap her just like in havana and he's like okay just like in havana which is like obviously misdirect because like they you know he knows that he knows that he knows that he knows that <laughs> he doesn't know about havana yeah um so he goes to warn birds that they're coming for her. Mm-hmm. Verz is running away. She uh, she's like running down a staircase and like is escaping, and they're like going in some other door. And then she hears them say, "He's collaborating with her. Take him. Take them both that are alive." Or, and she's like, "Oh well, now I have to go save him because they're gonna kill him for like just being following orders and like calling something in." 
And so then she goes back and saves him. And then they're running down the stairwell, or up the stairwell. And they run into Keith Face Colson. Yeah. Or Colburn. (laughs) 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 And uh, he lets them go. They end up in a hangar bay. And they escape with a plane in a plane, mm-hmm. which uh, Nick asks her, "Do you know how to fly this?" And she's like, "We'll find out." <laughs> she's like, <laughs> like, "That is not that is a yes or no question." And then she turns it on, and then she's like, "Oh, it turns out it's a yes." And the cat's there. Um, meanwhile, we have a little scene where uh, Judla talks to holographic Ronan the Accuser. Mm-hmm. Star Force will take care of her, and he doesn't have to come in with. Bombs. <laughs> the accusers bomb the whole thing. Um, and Ronan's like, I think doesn't he give him like a time limit? Yeah, before he like, comes, we're gonna come. We're gonna come and take care of this planet and these people for you, and um, bears for you. Um, so Nick Furry, Goose the cat, and Vers are in the plane, and they're like, from the files they've discovered at the crash, they figure that. Uh, Verz is the test pilot because she sees herself in the background of one of the the photos and then the last person to see the test pilot and um, Dr. Wendy Lawson alive was this woman named Maria Rambeau who now lives in Louisiana. So they're like, let's go to Louisiana. How do you get there? You head east. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So going to Louisiana to see Maria. Geography. (laughs) So they approach her and they say, we're looking for Maria Rambeau. She's out there working on a propane. But, um. Dog farm. Yeah, like, it's it's out in, the, in a rural area. Um, and Maria's daughter pops out. Her name is Monica. She pops out and she's like, Andy Carroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and gives her a big hot, hug. And she's like, they said you were dead, but I didn't believe them. And she's like, you don't really know who I am. And, like, I'm I may look like auntie carol but i'm i'm not mm-hmm. um but she is but she is. <laughs> <laughs> um so she basically tells them everything about the aliens who can simulate anybody mm-hmm. um what happened and like i don't know how to explain it it's it's a nice touching scene between it's her and her cute, friend yeah. and like her friend's daughter who who goes and gets like all of all of her auntie carol's stuff and says Here's some pictures, and like the pictures help jog some memories. And like she's like, "Let me go get your jacket. Mom doesn't let me wear it anymore after I spill ketchup on it." <laughs> yeah, and then they uh, then uh, just her and Maria talk about that morning when she went on that test flight before the crash, and she says she has to go. She had to go on that test flight because there were lives at stake. And then there's a knock at the front door. She's like, "Don't answer it." And like her her and Nick are like, "Oh." gotta like super be careful because whatever and like they go and answer the door and it's their neighbor tom who's like talking about a nice bird in the, <laughs> in the driveway and if if him and the boys can come take a look at it and he's like go away yeah <laughs> like, shuts the door on him yep and then and then uh, shuts the door on him and then right behind him is a like actual scroll mm-hmm. in scroll form i'm appearing to you as myself um, because I want you to to listen to me, and I have something that I want you to hear. And meanwhile, um, in the yard, um, Monica is out playing with a scroll simulating. Her yeah. <laughs> so she's like, "That's not cool." 
they say that they want her help finding some coordinates and they want her to listen to the black box on the on the plane that she was t- test piloting and she's like uh she's like marie maria's like they told me that couldn't be found they told me that was destroyed and they listen to the black box and it brings back some memories mm-hmm. and they say that um lawson's real name was marvell and she comes from a planet called Hala, and her blood is blue. She gives her the coordinates. In this memory, she sees Jude Law shoot a net bending and then threatens to shoot her. He doesn't want to shoot Carol. He just wants the energy core. And instead, she says, oh, what energy core? That one? And then she shoots it, and then she ends up absorbing the energy from it. And that's um, how she gets her glowy hand power. Yeah. The net bending character is basically saying that she's trying to develop this light speed engine kind of energy core thing to um, help end all wars or yeah. end wars, which I have lots of problems with because, like, this energy core is not going to end all wars. But the main goal of it is essentially to relocate a bunch of scrolls away from the Cree, Cree Empire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in order so that, like, it will end the fighting along that war. But that doesn't really stop all wars. That just ends the particular conflict. And I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Basically, they're just, like, creating a MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. And the scrolls are, like, refugees, and they've been, like, working with uh, Marvell. Uh huh. Secretly. Yep. In order to to relocate our, their peoples. But Jude Law finds out, and that's why he killed her. Yeah, and he wants the the energy core. Mm-hmm. But she did. But what ends up being that she destroyed is not the energy core itself. She just destroyed the engine surrounding the energy core. Yeah. Um, the energy core itself is actually the tesseract. Mm-hmm. Um, which ends up in scroll hands somehow. With, you know, with the... Yeah. Like none of this makes sense. I don't sense. know how. Okay, so so the Tesseract ends up on the space station. Mm-hmm. The black box ends up with the scroll who doesn't know where the space station is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Maybe... Shoot. Because it was just the, her her spaceship. So she must have just, like, powered... The core of her little spaceship with the Tesseract back at the space station, but like she left it there. I don't know. Which is weird because in oh. Captain America, the spaceship was just fully powered by the Tesseract. I don't know. But yeah, because like that's how how Red Skull was like charging all the Nazi weapons. It's just like imbuing a little bit of Tesseract in all of them. Okay, so. Let's just smooth over this. It doesn't make any sense. So, so yeah. Keep going. So basically, they were like, it was visible to him that the the energy like got sucked inside of her. So they decided to take Carol back to the Xandar planet or the no. the Cree planet. <laughs> the planet. Yeah. So Vers is like, everything I know is wrong. The skulls are not the terrorists. They're just people who are replicating refugees and the accusers are killing them and then she's real sad because she realizes that she's on the wrong side so she decides to help the scrolls who have captured verse 
by figuring out that she has the same energy signature as the energy engine. They figure out that the coordinates that she was given is not like a coordinate like on Earth, not the location on Earth, but actually a vector based on the location in the orbit on the day of the crash. They modify the Quinjet to be outer space worthy, and Maria, Goose, and Nick go with Talos, the main scroll guy, <laughs> to outer space. Meanwhile, um, Norex, Norwex, that guy, the scientist guy who helped modify the thing, stays behind Vers for when uh, uh, Yon Rog, Jula mm-hmm. comes. Maria's daughter really wants to go, but they're like, you can't go. <laughs> well, well, Maria's daughter daughter really tells her mom that she should go because Maria doesn't want to go because she has responsibilities in the daughter. And yeah. Maria's daughter is like, you need to go because, you know, what kind of example are you setting for me? Yeah. I'll be fine. If something happens, I'll stay with my grandparents. You used to test. Plane. Yeah, I used to test planes for the Air Force. How was that not dangerous? This mm-hmm. is also dangerous, but that was dangerous, and I'll be fine, you know. So she goes. Mm-hmm. They get to the space station, and it looks super abandoned and creepy, but then uh, they find all these, like, squirrel families that are hiding out there. Yeah, with kid stuff, like uh, Lunchbox <laughs> and, and Space Invaders and mm-hmm. Pinball Machines. They basically like tell them like Marvell was like helping us, and so she told us to stay here and not to talk to anyone. And um, Talos is like family's there, and he runs and like meets his wife and his kids. They pick, make a big speech about how the war happened and how he's done things that he like didn't want to have to do. Blah blah. Yeah, his hands are filthy. Meanwhile, on Earth, Jula pops in on fake vers and they exchange command and codes and he's like that doesn't matter here's some questions and she fails the test because Mm -hmm. the question was or like what's your first memory and she's like oh it's getting the transfusion of blood of blue cree blood and he's like whose blood was it and then she she stops and i was like this is the most obvious it really was it's your blood (laughs) Because clearly there's some weird connection and you wouldn't have asked unless it was your blood. Mm-hmm. I was like, ugh. And I wanted to roll my eyes at that one. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Like it, And then he shoots him. Yep. And then and then that's the end of that scroll guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, then they go up and find the space station too. And so they get Carol by taking away her power because they they have this I'll call it button thing, controlling her from the base of her skull. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, we gave you the power. We can also take it away. And then she doesn't have it. And then they send her to the supreme intelligence and they scan the goose. They, it says he's a flurkin and they put him in a cage and they're like, extremely dangerous. And they're like, uh oh. <laughs> and like, Nick Fury's looking at him like, he's a cat. <laughs> and they scan Nick Fury and there's like, human. You know, like, not dangerous at all. And he's like, that thing's broken. <laughs> and then they take the te- Tesseract. Um, Carol tries to pre- break out of the Supreme Intelligence. It affects, um, um, she, when she tries to resist it, it starts affecting other things like handcuffs and um, the bars to jail cells. Mm. 
she she has creepy glowy eyes. <laughs> she has like a weird like CGI like and in not- her brain fight with like Annette yeah. Benning slash Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. With creepy glowy eyes and non-gravity hair. <laughs> uh, and then she just like breaks out of it and then pulls off the um button thing that was controlling her and now she has her full powers whereas before yeah i don't remember what she says but it's essentially like now i have the training wheels off i was fighting with one one hand tied behind my back and now i have my full powers and so now she is super special oh other also other cameo from guardians of the galaxy one of the uh star force guys is the guy that um goes to get the orb from Star Lord in the beginning of the first movie. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And he's also in. Um, he was, he's the guy who has like a robot eye. I don't remember him at all. You know my name, and he's like Star Lord, man. Oh. Okay. So big fight scene on the space station. Carol fights the space force team and their short lightsabers. Mm-hmm. The flurkin tosses people around because it turns out inside of the cat's mouth he has like big tentacle things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the lunchbox that had previously stored the tesseract, uh, Carol splits it up and makes Nick take the tesseract, and she takes the lunchbox. But but Nick's like, I'm not taking that, and then uh, the cat eats it. Yeah. It turns out the Kree are planning on tossing everybody out into space. Um, but it turns out that Talos, the scroll guy, is impersonating a Kree guard. And they go out, they climb ab- aboard a ship, and it's piloted by Maria. Then they have a wonderful fight scene in the Earth's atmosphere and like a big canyon. Maybe the Grand Canyon? Maybe <laughs> just a random canyon? I'm not sure. I guess it's probably not big enough to be the Grand Canyon because that would be really, really wide. Oh. Shazam. What? I looked at that. He's in, uh, he's in oh. Shazam. <laughs> okay. So he's in both Captain Marvel. Oh. Yeah. Then a bunch of free, in- I call them inquisitors, but they're really accusers. Inquisitor. I mean, same thing. <laughs> well, come and deploy ballistic warheads because Jude Law's time ran out mm-hmm. and then Captain Marvel comes and just like pushes one of them. Yeah. Pushes against one of them with her like creepy glowy eyes and her creepy glowy hair, which is now because she has like her helmet on with that like mohawk, mohawk. thing. Now the mohawk thing is glowing, even though that's not really her hair. That's like part of the helmet, I think. I thought so too. Maybe it's just like her hair coming through like a slit in the mohawk, but that doesn't but, sound like it would be airtight. No. <laughs> Right? And why would you bother with that? I thought it was just a decorative element. But yeah. Oh, and she flies now, like, just oh, yeah. from her power. No, I thought she flo- flew from the, well, maybe it's just from the powers, but she always had the ability to fly from her suit. The, the Star Force suit flies. No, I think she can just fly now. Okay, she can probably just fly too. So she, mm. she flies up and, like, pushes it back and then pushes it into the other missiles and then they all explode each other in a chain reaction and then all the ballistic missiles are a-okay so we don't have to worry about them anymore and then the accusers are like oh and then she like flies into space and just like punches a spaceship in half (laughs) 
yeah, at this point, like, and, yeah, and at this point, the accusers are like, oh, this planet isn't supposed to have defense systems like this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's not. It's this, this woman. And they're like, oh, we'll be back later for the woman. And I'm like, what is going on? No idea. Also, yeah. spoiler alert, they don't come back later for the woman because Ronan gets killed. <laughs> Also, she's not there later because That's she leaves. Also true. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, they're back for the weapon in the core, not the weapon the woman. Um, in the desert, uh Jude Law like crashes and shit. But also so spoiler alert. Um, so like she's supposed to be like super powerful and like everyone always refers to her as like the most powerful character or whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. But like if her powers just come from like radiation from Tesseract. Uh-huh. And she wouldn't be any more powerful than like Vision or like Scarlet Witch because so did their powers. And Vision had a full Infinity Stone, not just like Essence. Uh huh. Um, it might be the type of power. Sounds Maybe it has something to do with the explosion. Maybe it has to do with the fact that the Tesseract is the power Infinity Stone, right? Is it? No. <sighs> power is purple. Talk. I think Tesseract was a uh, space. You're right. Okay, I have no idea. Um, They're much more easy to remember now because I just think about what Thanos can do at certain points of the last movie. <laughs> okay. And he gets the Tesseract on the spaceship after he kills Loki and then he teleports. Oh, that's pretty good. It's also very, like, nonsensical how powers get, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, even between Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, like... Why does she have like witch powers and telekinesis and he just can like run fast? (laughs) I don't know. Odd. Everything is odd. But yeah. In the desert, Judah crashes his little fighter ship Mm -hmm. and then Brie Larson comes out to meet him or Carol, I guess, at this point. He's like, I'm so proud of you. Um, I said once you could... You control your emotions. You can defeat me with your own two hands. So he's basically pulling her strings in order to get her to just fight him, not using her her powers. Mm-hmm. She just blasts him. <laughs> yep. And do I'm sure a rock face, and then walks over there and says, "I have nothing to prove to you." Drags him across the deserts, puts him in his spaceship. And then he says, you can't send me back empty-handed. And she's like, I'm not. I'm sending you back with a message for the supreme intelligence that I will be back to put an end to the war and the lies. Mm-hmm. And then off he goes. She didn't kill him. I, that's like one of my favorite tropes because. What? Not killing somebody or sending somebody with a message? No, when he like tries to get her to fight him and then she just blasts him. It's like from Indiana Jones, you know. No, I don't. It's um where the guy has like the fancy like scimitars and he's like doing all the weird like sword movements and then Indy's like staring at him and the guy's supposed to be super intimidating and then he just like pulls out a gun and shoots him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. My favorite scene in the Indian Jones movie. <laughs> all right. So resolution. Mm-hmm. The scroll some of the scrolls are saying with Aunt Maria. Furry gets scratched by Goose. Oh, yeah. Lo- ends up losing his eye. They have to take him back to S.H.I.E.L.D. to get the Tesseract out of him. He just becomes Nick Furry's cat. Yeah. He lives at his office. And Before office pets were a thing. Then they bring uh, uh, 
Keith Face brings him a box of fake eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carol says she'll help find a new place for the squirrels to live. Mm-hmm. Um, she says to keep the Tesseract hidden on Earth and gives Nick Fury a Captain Marvel pager. Mm-hmm. Says she upgraded it, so we'll have the range of a couple galaxies. Um, and it's only to use if if she needs her for an emergency. Dries off with the lab space station in space, and she no ne- no longer needs a helmet to breathe. Mm-hmm. Explain that one to me, huh? <laughs> you can't. Whatever. Superpower magic. Yeah. Fury's like back at the shield office, and he's like gonna start like a new project to look for the other like superpowered people in the world, and yeah, he, he titles it something. What did he title it originally? I don't remember. Um. Something, and then he looks at the picture of Carol, and it's like in, in her cockpit. Yeah, and her playing like something about like an Avenger, and so he changes it to the her Avenger. call sign is Carol Avenger Danvers, yeah. and that's why it's called they're called the Avengers, and not because they're gonna avenge whatever. Which bothered me because if he started this project in 1995, uh-huh. why did it take him until 2008 to get the first Avenger? <laughs> When did he get the first Avenger? Iron Man. That's when the movie came out, and then he said, you think you're the only superhero, but according to the subtitle of the movie, the first Avenger was Captain America. True, but he wasn't an Avenger yet. Yeah, when that movie came out, but that movie was set in the past. When does he get on Frozen? Um, around the same time as the first Iron Man movie. I don't know. And maybe he really wasn't the first Avenger. Who knows? They just like had a trial run with a couple and it didn't work out. <laughs> um, maybe they had a team and then um maybe Hawkeye was on it for a while. No, he was just a shield agent. When does he get to join the Avengers? Because he never the Avengers gets Avenger? formed. Yeah, in nineteen ninety-five. No, the Avengers aren't formed until like Iron Man, because. Remember in the after credit scene when he goes to that office and when he says, do you think you're the only superhero? And he's yes. like, I'd like you to join a team. And then he's like, I don't really do teams. Yeah. But there wasn't anyone else on the team yet. I thought there was already people on the teams. And then he was like, we're not going to use you on the team. You're going to be a consultant because you're kind of an a-hole. Now who else would have been on the team? Um, Hawkeye, because he can shoot arrows. He's not a superhero. Super well, so that's a superhero strength. No, he's just a shield agent. Black Widow, because also she, just does, a shield she agent. doesn't have any special powers. She doesn't even get introduced until Iron Man 2. Yeah, she definitely. <laughs> she she seems like Justice. And Hawkeye Hulk. gets introduced in Iron Man, or in, in Thor, and the Hulk gets recruited by. Black oh, Widow. Yeah, so he, he gets recruited by Backlund. Um, so I'm going to go with Hawkeye. <laughs> no. Yeah, Hawkeye. It's literally no one except for Captain America. Hawkeye and Captain America, wherever he got unfrozen, because you don't know when it is. You just know that Times Square definitely existed at the time and mm-hmm. had lots of neon signs. Um, Falcon was, I don't know what his deal was. He doesn't get come in until way later. I know he doesn't come in until way later, but why did he have a special suit? Was in the army? Yeah. What was the army doing? Oh, it, I think it was because like they were doing all that research into super suits after Iron Man 2. Oh, okay. 
Who else is in the Avengers? Scarlet Witch, Vision. Like, everyone comes way later. Okay, so I'm going to go with it's Hawkeye and Captain America. <laughs> you think you're the only superhero in the world? You're here with a mission, sir? Well, I guess that's worth a look. You know, and thank you, by the way, for listening. Gross. So the after credit scene. Um, The pager is going off. Flash forward to Avengers HQ. And bearded Captain America and blonde Black Widow are looking at stuff. And then Bruce Penner comes in and says the thing on the pager crapped out. Like they say, we had the backup battery or it's connected to a continuous power source. And he's like, but it's not working. And then Carol appears from behind them and asks, where's Furry? <laughs> no, she asks, where's Fury? Because that would be weird. <laughs> where's Furry? <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, who? And I would be like, oh, that's my secret nickname for him because I'm secretly super sexual. <laughs> <laughs> and then the after after credit scene is back in his office with the cat flirting. Hacking, hacking something big up. Turns out it's the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Which also raises the question, how did they get the Tesseract? Like, you know? Ooh. Like, so S.H.I.E.L.D. has it okay. after the cat vomits it up. Yeah, and then they put it in that basement. Uh-huh. And then the Norwegian professor guy. Oh, right. Says, ooh, that's worth another look. Mm-hmm. And then, but he's being mind controlled by Forgot Loki. About that. Was so, that an after credit scene? Yes. Yeah. But he's being mind controlled by Loki. So Loki somehow gets it from there, right? Mm-hmm. You know why I think I always get confused? And this is, this is, yes, poor design choices on whoever worked on the first Avengers movie because Loki gets Tesseract, but then he also has his staff, which also has the Infinity Stone in it, and they're both blue. Yes. And it's the only time you ever see two in one movie until the Infinity War. You want to talk about what we learned? <sighs> yeah. I learned don't get in someone's face, otherwise they're gonna scratch you in the eye. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I mean, a, don't get in a cat's face. <laughs> yeah, but like, also don't get in people's face. People don't like it when you're like two inches in front of them either. Like, it's a good, it's a good rule of thumb for like everybody. Most people won't scratch your eye out. No, they'll get in a bar fight with you. <laughs> it's a different reaction, but like. Dogs like it because they just want to, like, lick you everywhere, but, like, they're different. I learned that mohawks and spacesuits are a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I learned trust your gut, not your superior officer. Mm. We learned a lot of backstory about characters. So that would make Ronan and Guardians, like... I don't know, at least 40, right? Okay. He's not older. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is when he takes off that shirt, he has a nice bod. Yeah. How old is he in real life? <laughs> okay, you look this up. 40. <laughs> oh. I learned that friends are important because mm-hmm. they'll bring back your memories. Yeah. I learned that you can trick somebody by saying, tell me something so weird about you that a scroll couldn't make up. Just like uh, how you learned during Star Trek, you tricked someone to tell them your deepest, darkest secret by saying we're stuck in a time loop. 
Dude, that has never worked for me. <laughs> so I'm thinking this one's going to work for me better mm. once we get like an alien race that can simulate other things. Mm-hmm. But then eventually they're going to be really good at making up weird shit. <laughs> also, they probably have access to the internet where like people tell weird shit all the time. So what was your favorite part? Goose. <laughs> yeah. I did love that cat. The cute cat. Yeah, I love I love cats. What about you? Um, I liked the, like the relationship between Maria and Carol. I thought that was nice to see, and like I thought the Maria actress was good. Yeah, it was good. What was your least favorite part? Um, the science stuff <laughs> when that guy says this is not an element on our chart on our, on the periodic table, and I was like, <laughs> what about you? Um, I thought that there was a lack of Jude Law's butt. Oh, that's so true. You love Jude Law's butt. I love Jude Law's butt. And also... Especially they were not clear if they were sleeping together. Yeah, they should have been. They should be very clear about that and had some butts, huh? Also, I felt like they underutilized Annette Benning because she's amazing. Um, she is, but they also wanted to keep it a secret that, um, she was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, could you tell that this was directed by a woman? I think so. Okay, how so? There weren't a lot of, like, sexualizy shots and, like, all the men were, like, gross. Not all the men. Most of them. Well, I suppose Col- Nick Frew and Coulson were nice. Yeah. The rest of them. Well, color wasn't gross. Who? Nick Frew's boss. But he's always a bad guy. I just get, like, weird vibes from him. Oh, Okay. Just okay, like you pigeonholed him into always a role. bad guy. Yeah, I didn't think he was gross. I thought he was like normal. But and like, like half of a... his screen time, he was like a scroll. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> like in addition to like all the tomboy stuff, mm-hmm. um, there were a couple comments in there. There one was like that motorcycle dude who was yeah. like totally like hitting on her. And you should she smile was, more. Show smile. Uh huh. I like that she stole his motorcycle. And then the other thing was um. Nick Furry, when he, like, in the resolution section of it, he asks, like, essentially asks Maria to join S.H.I.E.L.D. and says Mm, mm -hmm. they could use more more pilots, and her flying was nifty. And she was like, yeah, maybe, if you don't call my flying nifty, which is totally a thing. (laughs) That women get, like, complimented in this weird, um, demeaning, well, yeah, I want to say, like, like, kind of like, yeah, that's okay, but (laughs) way. Yeah, I went to a a screening of a movie and the director was there and he kept calling people like lady writers. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, "What? What is wrong with you?" <laughs> like it was it cuz he directed a movie that was um written by his friend who who was female and like her her writing partner, I don't know who that was, but like he kept talking about her and then he talk about like you know how she asked him to direct it, and then like, and she's like quite a bit younger. Like she she played a teenager in this, and she was like right on the edge of not being able to play a teenager anymore. And she, he kept like referring to people as like lady this and lady that and lady writers and lady Weird. directors. And I was like, ooh, like I I should have like raised my hand and been like, as as a gentleman director. <laughs> Did you have trouble with the female themes of this movie <laughs> and working with a female writer? 
and a female actress. The lady writer. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's just, I mean, he was older than me, but like, it's just like, ouch. Yeah. I mean, it's better than saying a girl writer, but at the same time, I just want to be like, mm, yeah. So I appreciated like the little stuff like that. I think that's probably part of the reason it made so much money, too. Like, people wanting to support a lady movie. <laughs> <laughs> a movie about ladies. <laughs> directed by a lady director, starring a lady actor. <laughs> Although I feel like there are more men in it than women. There's just, like, there's, the two. <laughs> there's always more men in it. Because it was... Yeah, the two main ones, there were... A little a, girl. There was a, yeah, and then there was a couple on the Star Force team. But really, yeah, mostly men, just like most of their movies. So? Yes, Felix? <laughs> on a scale from one to uh, Batman versus Superman, or no, <laughs> from Batman versus Superman to Infinity, I guess. I'm just playing the song. <laughs> What would you rate this? Well, it's going to be more than five because it had a cat in it. Mm-hmm. I liked the lady themes. <laughs> I liked the female empowerment themes because obviously, you know, it's nice to see that on screen. It's nice to have mm-hmm. a female character on screen, you know, and it's nice to have a female friend, like a genuine, gen- genuine female friendship on screen. Even though it's a female friendship that mostly got from, forgotten, along with some memory erasure, um, um, and have like a woman in power, um, with Dr. Lawson and her mm-hmm. research in 1995, um, so it's gonna get a high number. Was it better than Ant Man versus the Wasp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I artificially like Ant-Man versus the Wasp more because you hated it so much? Maybe. Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't even have that many ants. I know. And this movie had a cat. This one did have a cat. I think it's the only one with a cat. No, Spider-Man had a cat in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I did enjoy the fact that the cat, like, ate things and, like, flung around people and stuff. (laughs) And was, like, more powerful than Nick Fury. Um... So I'm going to go with 85. 85, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Uh, so next up, it's the culmination of the 11 years and 23 shit, movies. so many movies and so many years. How did I waste my life on this? Avengers Endgame, which neither of us have seen. It comes out later this week for us. So, Mm -hmm. Felix, you also get to guess what's going to happen. So, Felix, what's going to happen next time in Avengers Endgame? I think that everyone's going to be sad. Okay. Because half of their friends died. Yep. And then Captain Marvel's going to show up because we know that. And she's going to use her superpowers to get Ant-Man out of the quantum realm because he's stuck there. Okay. I was okay. And then they're gonna um go to Thanos planet, I guess. Fight him. 
and then all of the friends that are dead are going to come back to life out of the Infinity Stone that Gamora's soul created or whatever. I don't know. I have oh, okay. no idea what's going to happen in this movie. <laughs> I know it's going to be three hours long. <laughs> okay. I think that, yeah, the first part of the movie is them going to be sad and them going to, like, trying to put, like, some stuff together. But that's only going to be, like, five or ten minutes because, like, obviously they were working pager stuff. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it will also include some people on TV claiming that this is the... um what do you call that religious thing? What? <laughs> the religious thing where all the believers go to heaven. The rapture? Yes. Claiming it's the rapture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that happens because like if that doesn't happen, that's silly because definitely people would say that. Yeah. Or maybe nobody would say that because if you're left, then you don't want to be like, I didn't get taken up by the rapture. <laughs> well, maybe it's like. The reverse rapture where all the bad people get taken away. And like, they all went to hell and this is heaven. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so they'll be depressed for a while and then Captain Marvel will come and then Captain America will be like, oh, a lady captain. I should probably <laughs> shave this beard to impress her. Mm. And then he shaves his beard and then Felix will swoon some more. True. And then they're going to defeat him. Thanos? Yeah, somehow. By Ammon crawling up his butt. Possibly. Mm-hmm. No, I think it, I don't think they would do that in a movie. I think <laughs> it involves okay. It's going to like involve definitely Captain Marvel and Iron Man because we know Iron Man's somehow pivotal to this plot because mm-hmm. um Doctor Strange gave up his life in order to save Iron Man. Oh, that's true. And then it's also going to involve the time stone because presumably we're going to like go back in time and then save everybody's lives since we know everybody's going to come back to life. Okay. And then everybody's happy, except for Loki. I'm For some reason, I think Loki's not going to come back. Who do you think's going to stay dead or be dead? Loki. Anyone else? Maybe Gamora. Okay. Best guess. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so join us next time when all or none of that happens. <laughs> Patty Jenkins. <laughs> That's who did um, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, I was going to ask, could you tell that this was directed by a woman?